Hey guys, welcome to Book Club. We are here and talking about Big Dreams, Daily Joys. You know, I never realized that we don't have an intro for this show. And I never actually say the name of the podcast at the <laughs> beginning of the show. This is just our casual spinoff podcast. Yeah. And we are just, you know, no shit. We're just talking about a book. Let's go. So, right. Welcome to the Bite Size Book Club. We are talking about Big Dreams, Daily Joys. Today we are on pages 118 to 135, which is the end of part three. Wow. Jumping into the blue. I know. So today we are talking about developing a timeline. Documenting your progress is informative. Flexibility, pivoting, and letting yourself adapt. Getting through transitional periods. When it's uncomfortable. Dealing with doubt. When it's okay to stop. and there is no made it and what it means for continuing your work. Mm. So it's a lot, but when I went to go and like break this up into two different sections, I really didn't want to because everything really flows together at the end of this chapter. I think it's so true that the sections are like chunked together, I feel like, and go with each other. And so I love about, I love what she talks about when developing a timeline. And she really does give us this language of matching up timelines with events and then also choosing a time frame for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about before, we are both seasonal people. And so I know when we set goals, when we set things, seasons kind of come into play for us. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, do you kind of see that as events or choosing time frame or kind of something in the middle? I don't know. This is very, this is a very tricky thing for me. I had a lot of questions after page 118 and 119, just like five-year plan and timeline and just thinking of that because I feel very clear on what I should be doing right now and I think about like when I can work these creative things in and like you said like it is very seasonal like I've had this past week off for President's Day week break teachers and I go what could I fit in here like my timeline is only this week of things that I feel like I could fit and then I know summer's coming up in a few months so that's its own separate entity of a timeline I go what can I fit in there and then I think of like the five-year plan and how like we, you and me have been talking about how I'm like my one little word this year is home and like home has been the top of my priority list of goals. And like, how do I make a home with this person I'm with? And what does home look like in the next five, 10 years? Right. I went to the gynecologist the other day and I actually like asked him, like, I'm going to have kids in the next 10 years. Right. That could happen. Like I'm, I'm, so I think about that too. I go, do seasons really come into play even when you're thinking about personal and home life? Like, I feel like they have to, but how do you really like prescribe list items to something like that? Or is like five-year plan and timelines and seasons only tied to like creative ventures, most of which you can control? No, I don't think so. So let's talk about this. I have a question that I think I want to tease out with you and you can tell me if I'm overstepping. Mm -hmm. So you went to the gynecologist and you talked about having kids. Yeah. Is this the gynecologist that you want to have your kids with? Well, that's a tricky thing too, because I've had like 
three different ones in the past five years, all because one retired, one was like stealing money from the establishment. Like I just haven't landed. But this one that I've seen the past few times has only been for checkups, but he saved my sister's life in the past. So I wouldn't mind him, but I don't think he also delivers babies. I don't know. Right. So like that's, that's something like when I moved here to Michigan and was looking for, you know, I needed to go get an annual, I needed to get a new birth control part of my timeline was finding a gynecologist that was also an obstetrician mm-hmm. and had a, you know, was part of a practice that had other obstetricians that, you know, in case mine was on vacation, there was other doctors who could deliver the baby. Mm-hmm. And so like to answer your question, you know, are there other things in your timeline? Like, you know, can you have timelines for things that aren't creative projects? Like, absolutely. Mm. You know, on my timeline, you know, I would like to have kids before I'm 40. Right. Which means I would like to be married before I'm 40, which means I have to get, you know, Jeff needs to graduate. We need to get finances in our certain, like a certain situation because like we've talked about before, marriage is, you know, a legal you know, what joining of two people. And there's a lot of things that go into being married aside from just a wedding. Right. And a party. And so part of that timeline, you know, if we want to have kids, then we need to have enough money to get married. And so working backwards from having kids to being married to Jeff graduating and finding a job to figuring out other things you know, are we even going to stay in Michigan? Is he, is his job going to be in Michigan? And so that makes our timeline murkier, but that is part of the timeline. Right. And so there are things that we need to work towards, like he's working towards his dissertation. I'm working towards making my business more of a, business, like making, you know, uh, forming myself as an LLC Mm -hmm. and those are things that are, you know, part of the timeline. Yeah. And you know, there are other things. Structures that are going to support what you're saying. Correct. And like, there are other things, like if we stay in Michigan on my timeline is I would love to build a greenhouse. There are things that if we stay in this house on my longer timeline are additions to my kitchen, additions to, I want a a master bedroom with a master bath. Because when we have people over for extended periods of time, one shower, it just doesn't cut it. Mm -hmm. And so we need an addition onto the house. I love this house. I want to stay in this house forever. But if we have kids, it's not really a big enough house for you know, a family with teenagers. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily want to move mm-hmm. and buy a house in this town when we could just, you. you know, build a house, you know, build a bigger addition into our backyard. Right. So that's on my timeline, you know. And so these are parts of my timeline that are not creative. Um, and like, I think Elise does a really good job of those types of timelines too. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Like her, her home renovation timelines are amazing. And uh, her deployment timeline is also really good, especially with her kids not understanding like long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I kind of suck with is rewarding myself mm-hmm. when I hit milestones in my timeline. Right. And so like documenting your progress, I'm good at the documenting your progress part. I can document my progress pretty well. Yeah. I think as memory keepers, that's what we do. Right. Yeah. And like Thursday three is amazing. It's the, the funny thing is, is that the projects where I incorporate documenting as a action Mm -hmm. and not necessarily as a reward. Mm -hmm. I get all of the benefits of it being a reward without actually having to reward myself. Right. That makes sense. Because I feel weird rewarding myself. Like I'm not the type of person who's going to take herself out and get an ice cream cone. Yeah. And I think that ties to later in this section that we read of her saying like, even when you meet a goal, you're still you, like you're the same you that, so you don't feel transformed slash you don't feel like there's much to celebrate because it's a goal that you met, but you're still you where you were when you were meeting it. Right. And like, so like, but the thing is, is that with like Thursday three and with my daily pages, when I look back and see like, oh my God, look at all these cool things that I've done. I feel really grateful. I feel really excited. I feel all these things that she talks about. I feel like yeah. I've, I'm super informed because I did all of this stuff. Yeah. I feel so excited to keep doing it. Yeah. And then I feel, I also feel really excited that I did it. Like I get like giddy over like, look at all that cool shit that I did. Yeah. And, like, even if I didn't think it was cool at the time. Yeah. Well, well, I think that's kind of a a byproduct of being a memory keeper. Like, I think about this time last year, and I documented my way through, like, dating apps. And, like, it was just my way of saying, like, you're making the effort, you know, you're feeling all these feelings, and you're pushing forward. Like, just to have a moment in time, like, like, the progress of that, looking back a year later to see where it got me is a rewarding thing because that, well, that I think that's what you're saying. It's like, just to see like how you documented a struggle of something shows that you were trying and then you see how it paid off because now it's a retrospect looking. Yeah. And that like, I wonder if that's something that makes people lean towards memory keeping, like, mm. like enjoying those feelings I wonder if that makes somebody more likely to want to be a memory keeper. Interesting. Because if they've never done it before, they technically don't really know that's what's coming. You know, it's just like, right. a, like I said, like a byproduct. It's not really like ever anyone's goal. Like I want to feel accomplished in the year after I document this because you don't really know. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like that comes from doing it in this routine, long-term way. Fun. Fun, so fun. But I love that. Like she, because Elise is a documenter too. So it's interesting she put this in here because I feel like it was kind of put in here as like, uh, uh, you know, show your work, Austin Cleon creative uh, tool. Yes. But we know that she's a memory keeper and that's been happening for her for a while. But then I love too how she includes her, her uh, habit, daily habit sh- circle thing. 
yes. days. Or is it 360 days or is it 100? No, it's all the calendar year. Or it's the it? whole calendar year. Yeah. So I love that too, because that's also a way to document your progress. It isn't memory keeping really. So she does do that. Right. It's just documenting. Yeah. Yeah. Accumulation is exciting. It's yes. like a reward in and of itself, like you're saying. Yeah. And, and we can get into the next thing, which is flexibility, pivoting, and letting yourself to adapt, mm-hmm. which is you can start out with your goal being one thing and let it change into something else and it still be the same goal. Yeah. This spread was monumental for me because I've been feeling myself in my older age and my whatever busyness, adultingness, doing this on the regular. And I love the, the phrase she said, uh, like sometimes the best thing you can do is lower it, right? So you lower your right, expectations. Right, just lower your standards. Standard, right. And then she said, I made an adjustment that put my goal back into a realistic range. And because of this, I was willing to reach for it. That her attitude and approach was different, which I've been feeling. Like I, I, I even said like, get to the gym three days a week was like a goal I wrote on my planner. And once I said, ah, two times a week, I was able to do it. <laughs> I was like, that one less day made all the difference. Well, and you, okay, so this is exactly what, so originally I was doing my daily pages in the morning. It had to be the first thing that I did. And if it wasn't the first thing that I did, I felt guilty. Right. So then I changed it to daily pages because if I have a headache in the morning, the first thing that I need to do is do whatever it is that I need to do to get rid of my headache. Right, sure. And then sometimes I have emergencies that I need to take care of. Something on the website's broken. You know, some, a customer has a problem that I need to fix. Right. Sometimes there's a house thing that's going on. Sometimes I have a meeting. So then I did my page at three o'clock. Yeah. Because also do daily pages can be something you do with not your greatest amount of bandwidth, but sometimes you need the greatest amount of bandwidth for something else. Exactly. And so when I changed, and then, and then when I started offering it to other people, I was getting a lot of, well, I, you know, I don't have time in the morning. I just, I can't do it in the morning. And I was like, I don't do it in the morning. You know, the daily pages, daily pages. And then when I gave myself permission to not do them on the weekend and it be a, this is what I do Monday through Friday. And like, this is what I do Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. It became a, oh, okay, this is what I do Monday through Friday. Yeah, all the difference. It's so, like, I went from, you know, doing sometimes two to three pages a week in my book, because I was always doing my currently page, and then sometimes I would get to it, sometimes I wouldn't, because I would have that guilt in me. Mm Mm-hmm. To be like, you know what, I don't need to do this on the weekends because my weekend schedule is so different when Jeff is home. Right. But my weekday schedule, I'm here, I'm, it's me, I'm alone. I can make this happen. I want to make this happen. Yeah. And if, you know, one day a week I don't make it happen, that's fine. Yeah. But- Monday through Friday, I can make this happen. And when I, you know, when I've been teaching it, I try to say, you know, every day is different for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, 
most people get up and go to work every day. That means they get up and go to work Monday through Friday. And sometimes people get up and go to work Tuesday through Saturday. So if you do your pages Tuesday through Saturday, that's awesome too. You know, whatever yeah. every day is for you, that's what every day is. Yeah. Too and like, flexible. Yeah. Right, that change. Opened that project up for your life. Like, I feel like there's a line she says, when you become too rigid or set in your ways, you will miss opportunities and chances for growth. Like, I feel like if you were so rigid and making it morning pages seven days a week, then you would have fell off the yes. course of it. Yes, yes, yes. I was reading, um, I was reading Reddit and it was the vegetable gardeners page. And somebody asked the question, you know, why don't you just leave the lights on for the seedlings? Why don't you just leave the lights on 24 hours a day? Mm. You know, if you're supposed to leave them on 16 hours a day, then, you know, why don't you just leave them on all the time? And it's like, well, because some plants need it to be dark for them to grow. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes I just need, you know, you just need two days off. You need the weekend, even if you love to create, yeah. even if it's awesome, you just need that time off so that on Monday or whatever, you know, whatever your, your, your time off, whatever, whatever it is, so that on Monday you can pop up and be like, oh yeah, now I have this idea and this idea and this idea and this idea. They're excited about it again. Right. Because we get into... Um, it's not the transitional periods one. It's when it's okay to stop. Mm -hmm. Are you bored? Mm -hmm. And so if you give yourself little stops every so often, you're less likely to get bored. Yeah. I love this like pull out green quote here on 125. She says, don't associate changing direction with failure. I love that, just one line. And then it ends in an exclamation point. So she's shouting it at us, like, don't associate changing direction with failure. That's so true. It's so true because, like, if you're driving and you're stuck in traffic and you get off the highway and you need to go, like, two miles in the wrong direction just to get around it, you didn't fail. Right. You just made a new way. Yeah. We're too exact. Like she even says that she goes, if you don't reach your exact goal, like <laughs> what's a goal? Like, I don't know. It's kind of like overachieving to me. Like you're achieving already. Why the over part? Or like you're meeting right. a goal already. Why the exact part? Like you don't need to meet the exact goal. You're in the realm of it. I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like the next few pages getting through transitional periods when it's uncomfortable and dealing with doubt. Mm -hmm. I think they're all just basically permission pages. Yeah. Good point. And like everyone basically needs to see them and hear them because we all go through this stuff. And I think everyone thinks it's supposed to be easier than it is. Like there's supposed to be some magical solution to make transitional periods easier there's supposed to be some you know solution to make uncomfortable things easier and there's supposed to be some way to just not have doubt or just you know make doubt go away 
Yeah. Or always feel so sure that you're on the right track or doing the right things or whatever. Right. Or that other people don't have any of that stuff happening to them. Yeah. And like, none of that's true. (laughs) Like even Elise, who, you know, wrote this book has tens of thousands of Instagram followers and a business and, you know, a beautiful family and a gorgeous house clearly has all this shit going on. (laughs) Yeah. So you need to give yourself grace. Transitional periods are shit. They're the worst. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. I've realized this year and a half teaching has just been one. Like, you know, it has done. Like I've expressed it here and you've helped me here, but like it really has been like, it pushed all my tier three stuff like to the side because I'm learning a new tier two kind of normal. And I feel it kind of evening out now, like we've talked about, like I have a better balance and stride, whatever that looks like now. But like, whoa, like talk, it's just new job, new places to live, new medication. Like it just is all, that's what life is about. And as you get older, I think you're just get a little bit better each time of going like I need buffer space here like this is not my I don't know how to fly zone here right boundaries figure it out yeah and so many times transitional periods overlap and you have no control over transitional periods especially when they are happening to other people around you like my worst transitional periods are when Jeff's job schedule changes because then my work schedule has to change Mm. because I work at home. He's the only other person that lives in this house. Yeah. So theoretically, yes, I could keep my work hours exactly the same, but then I would be missing out spending time with him. We would have to change our meal plans which is the hardest part. And as a sick person who needs to have meals at specific times and needs help cooking sometimes and needs to eat well, like that's just the hardest part. Yeah. So like figuring out when we're eating again, I just like, oh my God, that's just, it's so hard. And like, you never know like when you actually get to the new normal. Yeah. And like that, I think that, that, um, like that part is the, is the hard part of like, okay, the first couple of weeks you're like, oh, okay. I know this is new. Mm -hmm. I know I'm in a new place and this is supposed to be weird Mm -hmm. and then you get to like weeks two through or like three and four and you're like is this still supposed to be really hard because it feels really hard and I don't know what I'm doing yeah and then you doubt yourself you doubt everything and it's just like I'm exhausted is my entire life still going to be exhaustion yeah and especially when you don't see that end point to the exhaustion, you just know it's like the it's a day after day going to be a repeat of it. And I think that makes you more exhausted when you can't say, well, this will end 
this date. <laughs> right. And, and and like, that's when it gets uncomfortable and that's when you are dealing with doubt and that's when you really need to create these strong boundaries. Yeah. And if this is, you know, if you're dealing with big projects and then you're dealing with a whole bunch of stuff, she gives you these really great knowings for when it's okay to stop on page 133. Yeah. She says, is this too difficult? Are you bored? And do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, it's permission to stop and start again if you want. Yeah. It's permission to stop and put it away and maybe never start again. Right. And it's not like you didn't learn anything from doing that. Right. It's not like you just threw away like hundreds of dollars into a sewer you invested time into something, you learned things, you gained knowledge and you can take that knowledge and move on to your next project with it. Yeah. I feel like I'm the queen of this. (laughs) Not the queen, but like I've done it enough times to be like, I know this territory, (laughs) like the starting something, being so fired up, thinking it was going to be long-term, intuitively feeling it was time to go and then just I don't know. I've done that so many times with so many things. But I love how she said, we have this bizarre mindset as a culture that to quit is to fail and that she rejects that on every level and to quit is to get closer to what is actually right for you. I believe that. That's been true for me. But like you're saying, like you don't lose the wisdom gained from it. Right. It's just right. I read um, The Alchemist at a really important time in my life and that whole book is about him ending up where he started but the journey loop around is what made him a different person even though he ended up at the same spot right it's it's true for a lot of things relationships that you start and quit and work that you start and quit yeah i think that's exactly what she says here on 134 mm-hmm. you know there is no made it and what that means for continuing your work right And she talks about this, you know, the letdown after finishing a big project. Yeah. And we've all felt it of, you know, there's a big thing we're working on and it finally happens and then it's over and then all the dopamine leaves us and it's like, oh, okay, cool, great. Now, Now that's over. Great. Wonderful. What's next? Yeah, we're always trying to get to the end to be like, ha, I finished. But I love this like last paragraph on 134 where she says, after I reach a goal, she feels lost for a few days because she's without the structure and the momentum of the working on it. And I, I get that, like the structure and momentum. Even when I have summers off from teaching, it's like, it's great. Like another year under my belt, like great accomplishment. But then the structure and the momentum keeping me going every day and like, structuring my weeks is gone so it's like you do feel a little lost and you gotta figure out what's gonna fill that structure and I just think as human beings structure is such an overlooked asset to your life <laughs> like I just feel like you know as millennials especially like I want to make my own this and I want to make my own hours and which is good but then you establish structure but like just structure is so important. Like it isn't so great to be able to brunch whenever you want. Like you do need the white space like we've talked about for it. Right. And that's why um, I think it was yesterday on my Ari Kristen shares video, I shared how I block schedule my days out. 
-hmm. because without knowing what I'm going to be doing at specific times, specific days, I can get, one, I can get very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And also, two, then I don't have boundaries for why I need to be doing certain things at certain times. Right. And then also, because I work from home, people think that I can do anything at any time. Mm -hmm. And that's incredibly annoying. And so by having a clear structure and having, you know, this is when I do this, this is my admin time, this is my social time, this is my focus time, this is when I do this, this is when I do this, even if that's not actually what I wind up doing, Mm -hmm. knowing that I have that planned out means that I have a choice, not that I have to make a decision. Right. Or at least it's the it's a yes no decision, not mm-hmm. a free form decision. Yeah. I you know, I'm much it's much easier to make a am I going to do this right now decision? Yes no, than a oh, well what should I do right now decision. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Especially when I'm not feeling well. And so the more that I can plan out my week in advance and not in very specific things, but in very broad things, the more that I can broadly stroke out my week and then fill in in the mornings of like, those are the tasks that I need to get done on based on projects and whatever. It's easier for me to then say, okay, I have the energy to do this. I have the energy to do this. I don't have the energy to do this. I can move this over here. Yeah. And wouldn't it be so like if we change our mindset just from a little shift of like, here's a list of things I'm going to do to like, here's a list of things I'm going to try like to do. Like, I feel like we would just take the pressure off if we didn't, if we said, here's what needs to get done. But if I miss one or two and say no to them when they come up on my block, then nothing monumental is going to happen. <laughs> like right. you still have time to put it. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like we're like what you're saying, like the expectation being lower is what Elise was saying, like lower the standards of what you're going to, I don't know. I feel like it's all tied to that. Like we just it is. be a little too exact, even when we make to-do lists, like you're saying, and to know that you could shift it, shift it down, right? You're, you don't have to get an A plus on your to-do list every single day. Yeah. Because the key is like continuing your work, like, which is the heading of this. Like you're going like to, you're not going to get, work. you're not going to get into like college for to-do lists. Right. I, like that's right. Cause yes, it might feel good to get your to-do list done, but if it feels good to get your to-do list to done, make a smaller to-do list. Right. Right. Like that's like, if that's actually what feels good, then make a smaller to-do list. Yeah. Or like um, our friend Katie Rose, who was on the show, she makes a to-da list of all of the things that she got done uh, at the end of the day. I, I like that. I don't remember that. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Like if that's like, feel like figure out what makes you feel good about that and yeah. then do that because literally, I mean, like you're not going to go and get like, you know, a doctorate in to-do lists. like you know like that's what I mean like back in school we were going to go to college and it was important that we got good grades so that we could get into a good college and get good you know a scholarship so that we could get a good job but 
you're not going to go to college for to-do lists and you're not going to get a job in to-do lists. So, you know, like, F it. Yeah. Do what works for you. Figure out what works for you. And honestly, it's going to change a thousand times. So if that version doesn't work, tweak it. And if that version doesn't work, tweak it and just change it around a million times because, you know, it's going to work for you differently. And if it, you want to change it back to a version that worked for you before, don't feel guilty about that either. Cool. Right? Yeah. So next week, we're going to start part four. Let's get it done. Wow. I know. So exciting. And we are going to read pages. It technically starts on page 136. Mm -hmm. And we're going to read up through page 145. Okay. All right. I'm excited. I know. It's going to be great. On to the blue section. (laughs) You guys have a great week. Let's talk more about this in forums. I'm very excited. This was a really deep, awesome section. And have have a really awesome week, guys. Bye-bye.